Hello and welcome to Saving Animals with Blank Park Zoo. I'm Ryan Bickle. On today's show, we're going to talk about some very exciting news here at Blank Park Zoo. We just announced about two weeks ago that um, Ayana, our rhino, our eastern black rhino, is about to give birth. And so it's very exciting. And we have uh, two of our rhino keepers here with us today, Kayla and uh Christina and Kayla is the large mammal supervisor, <laughs> and uh, you're new to your role. I just am. just like a week, right? Yep. <laughs> so what a way to start! Uh, what a way to start your new role. Yes, very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Jesse Lowry is here as well. Jesse, why don't you get uh, our show started today? Thanks, Ryan. Happy to be here again on Saving Animals with Blank Park Zoo. Um, As I always do, I like to spend just the first minute kind of setting the stage and talking about the role of a modern zoo in saving animals in the wild. Um, The mission of Blank Park Zoo is to inspire an appreciation of the natural world through conservation, education, research, and recreation. Um, What I see the zoo is as is a window to the wild, a place where we can invite the community and schools and families and people of all ages to come into the zoo and see these amazing creatures that we have here um, to inspire conservation actions, to inspire people to care about them and to do something that's going to help protect them in the wild. And even though we're, some people say we're a small zoo, we've got an audience of over half a million people a year. And so we have a great opportunity um, and we think responsibility to thousands in the community to really uh, get these messages out about how amazing these animals are and that they are declining around the world. And we do conservation in many different ways. We try to be as sustainable as possible. So our daily business operations of the zoo um, has the least amount of impact on our environment as possible. We do a lot of local conservation, like Plant Grow Fly for pollinator conservation. And Iowa Hunters Leading the Way, a non-lead outreach campaign. And we even send our staff to the field to field projects all around the world. Our education staff member, Mallory, is getting ready to go to Costa Rica to work for a native animal rehab facility um, in the Costa Rican jungle. And Dana, one of our aquarists, is getting ready to go to North Carolina to work with sharks and sea turtles. And um, a bird keeper, Megan, is getting ready to go to Australia later this year to work to save cassowaries. Another really important role of modern zoos is the care of and breeding of endangered animals. Every animal that we have here at the zoo, um, we take very close, we keep very close track of everyone's genetics, and they're part of what is called a species survival plan. And what that is, is um, a cooperative breeding program among accredited zoos where we can breed these very rare species um, in human care as an insurance policy against what's happening in the wild to hedge against extinction. And especially in the case of the eastern black rhino, there's only 800 left in the whole world. And that is captivity and the wild combined. And so we have a really special opportunity here at the zoo to make a huge, important uh, contribution to the global population. And they just so happen to um, be super cute when they're first born as well. And so we are so excited. Blank Park Zoo is going to have another baby, another Eastern Black Rhino baby. And I'm excited again to welcome Kayla and Christina to the show today. You guys are in the Rhino Barn every day. Um, You get to work with the family and you've been preparing. So we're excited to hear from you about how the family is doing. 
So Kayla, we'll go ahead and start off with you. Um, what's it like working in the Rhino Bar in the past couple of weeks? Tell us how the family is doing, especially Mama. <laughs> um, it's been going great. Um, we just finished our full separation with Tumani and Ayana. So um, day and night, they are separated. Um, and it's been going really well. Tumani's been doing a little bit of whining, but um, she's doing great. Uh, and, and let's just remind everyone who Tumani is. Uh, Tumani's their first calf, so of Keanu and Ayana. And she's about two. Mm-hmm. And um, you said separating them, so we separate them to protect the new baby, correct? Yes. And what age do wild rhinos usually separate or wean from their mother? I think it's about two, two and a half, about the same age. Is that right? From what I understand and have been told, this would be around the same time frame. So we are kind of emulating what they would be doing naturally. Ayana would be having another calf, so she would kind of be pushing Tumani out of the nest and having her become a big rhino all on her own. So we are trying to kind of capture that natural behavior and kind of emulate that when we made this plan. And we did a slow transition, so she had a lot of time to get used to it as well. What's Papa think of all of this? He's just going around his normal business. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us more about this family unit that we have here of rhinos um, and um, how we had Tumani a couple years ago and just more about the family that we have. And then we'll talk more about the baby that's coming up. Okay. Um, Ayana and tu- or Ayana and Kiana are both eight years old, and then as we said, um, Tumani is about two and a half. She'll be three in October. Um, and Tumani was born at the zoo, so we bred them a while ago. And and so, yeah. tell us a little bit more about like the individual personalities of the rhinos. Keanu loves getting attention, so he is a big attention hog. Anytime you come in with produce or we have guests in the barn for backstage tours, he is very eager to get some extra loving. Um, He really likes tactile touching and rubbing and things like that. Ayana has surprisingly become more tactile attentive uh, since she's been pregnant. So before she would kind of be more standoffish, and now that she's getting closer to being a mom again, she's kind of warmed up to us as keepers. And so when we go into the barn, she's looking for a little bit more attention and love, uh, which we happily give to them. I mean, who doesn't love hanging out with rhinos? Um, Tumani's been doing great, like Kayla said, so she does a little bit of vocalizing, but she's just trying to communicate with mom and dad, and her and Kiana have been spending more time kind of interacting with each other through howdies. Um, So they're separated by their stalls, but they still can kind of interact, so they kind of play with each other, and she's been hanging out with him a lot more now that we've separated her from mom. One of the fun things about rhinos that I've noticed when I've been in the barn, you know, rhino, uh, adult rhino weighs, you know, 2,600 pounds or more and, um, keepers will start to rub them down and they will sort of sit down and lay down. And it's sort of like petting your dog, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they sort of react sort of like that, except they're 2,600 pounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, similar things, you're, pets at home like attention and there are certain things that they really enjoy the rhinos although they aren't pets and no one should definitely have them as pets uh they do like that individual attention as well so when you give keanu extra produce he really enjoys it when you give him extra rubs he really enjoys it and you can find each individual has different things that they like more than others so keanu is one that you can rub and he'll sit down and kind of roll over and be very playful 
That was definitely one of the things that I was most surprised about when we got the rhinos. I had no idea how affectionate that they would be towards each other and towards the keepers. And um, they're just a joy. They're just a joy. And of course, a public favorite. Um, and we're we're just really excited. We got huge media coverage when Tumani was born. Ryan, yeah. can you speak to that just a little bit? Well, yeah, it's it's definitely one of the biggest things that uh, I've worked on in my 15 years here at Blank Park Zoo, as far as media coverage, we had inquiries from all around the world. Um, we did an interview with a Japanese television show, um, and we had huge coverage in the UK and the UK papers wow. and in Europe. And it's unbelievable the amount of coverage we got. Um, so it, it's a very special thing because Tumani was like one of the first or second um, Eastern Black Rhinos born in, in two or three years uh, in the United States. So I guess it was a big deal for her to be born. And uh, so we're really excited here at Blank Park Zoo about uh, Tumani either having a little brother or a little sister. We don't know yet. Um, maybe we could talk about some of the things that the vets have done that you, you've cooperated with the vet department here um, just to, you know, so we know, um, you know, we know how we learned that she was pregnant, I guess. Maybe we could speak to that. Um, since we knew when they bred, obviously we could use that as our baseline for when um, or how far along she was. So vet staff did several ultrasounds. For a while we were doing them um, every other week. Um, just to see what we could see on the screen. And I think the first time we saw something was at nine, nine months. Um, we finally saw something move across the screen. It was really exciting. Um, and then they obviously they do um, blood work pretty frequently to chest, test progesterone levels and kind of see where she's at along those lines as well, just to reaffirm that she is pregnant and She's been doing really well with all and, of that. And so let's equate this with uh, maybe human pregnancy that we're all probably more familiar with. How many months is a mama <laughs> a rhino pregnant? So around 15 to 16 months, so a lot longer than a human um, would. So They're much larger babies, though, yes, in defense. Too. So, I mean, <laughs> they have to incubate a bit longer than a human baby, but yeah, it's... Anytime you meet a mom who has children, you tell them how long the gestation is. They're just like, no way, man. No, nope. They're like, I couldn't do it. So they're about 80 pounds mm -hmm. when they're born, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Can you speak a little bit about the training that you guys had to do with the rhinos to get her, um, get the whole family um, ready for this, especially with the blood draws and ultrasounds, things like that? So she was already trained um, for most of these for blood draws specifically, all of our rhinos, we try to train um, once a week for blood draws. So she was already used to that. And that's just bringing them into our kind of shoot area and um, rubbing down their legs just to get them used to touch down there. Um, but they all do really well with that. And then for ultrasounds as well, um, we had to get her used to having the door shut behind her. And then um, for the um, rectal ultrasounds, we had to get used to touching her tail and all that. Um, and then obviously with the transabdominal, it was a lot easier because she's already used to being touched on her, her belly and underside. Yeah, I bet they didn't tell the veterinarians uh, <laughs> uh, what they had to do uh, before they went to vet school, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
And Christina, can you elaborate a little bit more on um, the positive reinforcement part of the training and um, how and why it's positive for an animal to go through some of these husbandry and, and, and veterinary procedures? Yeah, absolutely. So at Blank Park Zoo and at most zoos, uh, we focus a lot more on positive reinforcement. So we don't want to make anything a negative experience for our animals because if it is a negative experience, even just once, they're not going to be very willing to do it again. So we're essentially asking them to do these commands and these things voluntarily. And so in order to do that, you have to give them some sort of incentive. Some animals, it might be tactile and rubbing, but for our rhinos, they love produce. So we give them a lot of carrots and apples and bananas. Um, and they know every time that they're in that shoot, Kayla was mentioning that they're going to be rewarded with treats when they do these things that we ask. So when they get their blood drawn, they get rewarded very heavily with extra goodies. Um, when they do ultrasounds, Ayana is just eating produce the entire time. So the longer she stands there, the more she gets as a reward. And so it's just very beneficial for us to have them do it voluntarily because it makes our job easier to take better care of them because they are actively helping us with these veterinarian procedures. Yeah, I was a zookeeper for nine years here, and it was always so neat to find out what that reinforcer is for the different species and the individual animal. Um, for red pandas, it was craisins. For tamarins, it was mealworms or crickets. Um, for the sea lions, of course, it was fish, but especially for the sea lions, it was attention, too, mm-hmm. and um, giving them pets and, you know, uh, just that positive attention, too. So talk a little bit about how you're getting the barn ready for a little 80-pound <laughs> bundle of joy. So the calf would be able to slip through the bars. So we've actually started putting wood along the interior so that when the calf comes, it'll stay in the stalls that we want them to be in. Um, We've started heavy bedding with straw um, just to kind of create that soft buffer for when the calf does come and then have, you know, not just be directly on the ground. Yeah. So the wood barriers are a great way to, you know, keep the calf where we need it to stay. Um, it also protects the calf from Tumani being too close or Keanu because they can put their horns through the barn. So it's a protective barrier for the calf and for our rhinos as well. But we put it in now so that they can be kind of acclimated to it because it is a new thing in their stall. And so they are going to be curious Um, I guess last time Ayana knocked down the wood a few different times and they had to put it up at the very last second. So we started earlier this time in hopes that it would be a normal part of their enclosure and they wouldn't be so inclined to mess with it. But fingers crossed, she hasn't taken it down yet. It's been a couple weeks. So So you're essentially baby proofing the barn. And, you know, when I had my daughter, what you're supposed to do is get down on your hands and knees and walk around your house and see (laughs) what what the little baby could get into. So are you guys going to do that? I'll have to do that next. (laughs) Want to draw straws on who has to do that job after the floors are clean. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about Mama and her behavior and um, how much weight has she gained? She's up to 2,900 pounds now, um, so I think she's up like two or 300 pounds. Oh, my goodness. So, obviously not all baby weight. <laughs> it was winter, so she was bulking <laughs> up, preparing for it, but yeah, she's she's been, like we said, very lovable, uh, mm-hmm. more so than she would be normally, so I don't know if that's hormone levels and just her becoming, you know, kind of the fluctuation of hormones and having that nurturing and loving kind of balance going on um but yeah she's definitely gained weight mm-hmm. i think she gained about the same amount of weight last time if memory serves right i think she was about 2900 pounds last time so i think that's what i've heard yeah. but either way we love her for every single pound mm-hmm. 
So we're getting ready for the birth. It could happen any time now, um, probably in the next couple weeks. Tell us what's going to happen. How are we going to know when the birth happens? And, and what's the plan with the vet team and the keepers after yeah. it happens? Well, we have cameras set up in the stalls that she's in currently. So um, we have feed at access at the zoo. And then also we have ISU helping us um, monitor overnight access. So then when they do see the signs that she's in labor, you know, a lot of pacing or um, rubbing, uh, laying down a lot. Tail lifting. Yep, tail lifting, kind of those signs. And they'll be able to call our vet staff, who will call me, and then we can confirm that she is indeed in labor and go from there as far as making sure that it goes smoothly. Yeah, uh, Blank Park Zoo has a, a cooperative agreement with the Iowa State University College of Veterinary Medicine um, folks up at Iowa State University, and uh, they've agreed to help us monitor uh, Ayana at night via remote camera. And so that's really exciting for, I guess, students up there that get to do that and they get to learn. And um, it also helps us out because then we don't have to stay awake 24 hours mm-hmm. a day. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and then that, that lets us use those cameras for different purposes uh as well and hopefully like last time ayana stood in the perfect place uh to give birth because we were able to capture that on camera and we really don't want to be in the barn correct right right. uh, when she's giving birth so if we can have those cameras remotely so we can monitor and make sure everything's going well that's uh part of that program exactly Another really cool thing that we can do with some of that video footage um, is we have a a partnership with Drake University and and Dr. Michael Renner um, has some of his students come out and do various research projects around the zoo um, where we observe our animals and really collect um, great data on everything from exhibit use to um, interactions between animals that share exhibits um, to food preferences, anything that we want to get a deeper knowledge about our animals so we can take the best absolute care of them as possible. And what we're going to try to do is create a baby book of sorts for Eastern Black Rhinos. This is something that there's a model out there for Sumatran Rhinos, I believe. And what this will do is for other zoos um, who have eastern blacks or maybe some of the other subspecies of rhinos, it'll just help them know what to expect. We'll collect data on everything from um, the birth to um, to suckling and nursing to mom and baby interaction. And this is um, something that's not available at all right now, and we'll really be able to fill that niche. And so um, do you want to talk just a little bit about um, collecting data on, on the rhinos and and how you guys are um, going to be working on that baby book? Yep. Yeah, so um, like you said, there's not a kind of guidebook for this species and not for every species is, is a guidebook available. So especially because they are so important, every baby rhino counts when it comes to saving the species. Having any type of guideline or playbook is very beneficial to other zoos. So by us using this information, we're going to have students who are monitoring Um, So it doesn't necessarily take us away from our jobs. So they're going to benefit us in that manner. Um, But it'll be a great resource for future zoos who want to breed their rhinos or just have questions like, is my rhino calf suckling the right amount? Or are they progressing at the pace that they should be or that we think that they should be? So we'll have students kind of just in there monitoring and they'll notice things that we might not take advantage of. Um, 
and they'll notice different things that we might not necessarily consider to be a substantial thing, but we're so used to seeing these rhinos every day that an outside perspective might be very helpful. And I love how you call it a playbook. I think that's a really great way to call it. (laughs) Um, So I do want to spend just a couple minutes reminding our audience about what's happening to rhinos in the wild, and then we'll get right back to the cute baby stuff, I promise. (laughs) Um, The reason why this is so important, the reason why it's such a big deal to have an eastern black rhino baby at Blank Park Zoo is because there's only 800 left in the world, like I mentioned. Um, About three rhinos every day are poached in in Africa and every place that they exist. Um, They're poached for their horns. Their horns are made of keratin, the same substance that our hair and nails are made out of. Um, it has been studied extensively. There is no medicinal purpose to keratin, but it is used as um, medicine. And it's in very high demand in many Asian countries. Um, but the, the country that has the second highest demand is the United States. And so there's no finger pointing in this conservation issue or any other for that matter. Um, We all have to work together to stop the demand, to um, increase awareness about um, that there is no medicinal purpose and that these rhinos, you know, deserve to exist. Um, And so we are part of a coalition of accredited zoos across the nation and world that support the International Rhino Foundation. They're a leading organization that work in every country that rhinos exist. And they do everything from research projects on the ground to captive release programs to breeding um, to anti-poaching patrols. And um, we had Jack Hanna come and talk at our zoo uh, a couple of years ago, and he had just gotten back from South Africa and talked about how poaching really happens in Africa. And I'll just kind of summarize the story. Um, but they, the poachers are very highly organized. They'll send in a quote unquote family in a station wagon. They'll even have kids in the back into a national park. There's no uh, tourism in national parks after dark because of the poaching crisis. Uh, before they leave, they'll take a GPS uh, reading of where the rhinos are bedding down. And after darkness falls, a helicopter will come in. Um, the the pilots will be wearing night vision goggles, and they'll have high powered weapons. And they will um, they'll take the rhino from the air, propel down, take the horn, and. Conservation organizations have put GPS units inside the horns, um, and they can be out of the country within a couple hours to 24 hours, and they go right into the into the hands of organizations like Al-Shabaab and Al-Qaeda. This is very highly organized um, and something that really is going um, to have widespread impacts, and we're losing species. The northern white rhinos are just about extinct. So all of that aside, that is th- what is happening in the background, but we know from social science that uh, doom and gloom does not drive people to act. And so what we want to let people know is that um, there's a lot of things that you can do to save rhinos. Blank Park Zoo is working as hard as we possibly can to save this species. And so let's talk for a few minutes about what families in Iowa can do and what anybody listening to this podcast can do to help save rhinos in the wild. You guys want to start out with some ideas? I think it's really important for people to remember that they are making a difference in their everyday life by something simple like recycling, but also even just purchasing items. They are using their money essentially to vote for what they believe in. And so when you buy things that are sustainable, such as things made out of bamboo versus wood, then you are supporting, you know, conservation out in the wild because we're not cutting down trees. We're cutting down bamboo, which grows back extremely fast. It's a lot more um, sustainable than 
cutting down wood. Um, you have a lot of different options in the way that you buy your products for everyday use. So toothpaste tabs are becoming more popular so you don't have plastic tubing. Um, shampoo bars are becoming more popular so you don't have the plastic bottle. Every little bit makes a difference. And so just making small changes adds up very quickly and protects animals, not even just rhinos, but the oceans, the habitats that they live in, and just making very rare and conscious decisions of how you spend your money and what you're purchasing makes a big difference. And even just coming to the zoo, you know, you create a personal connection every time you come with a different animal and just going around and spreading that word with your friends can be helpful as well. Yeah, the zoo is here as a resource for families. Bring your family, bring your kids, and let them learn to love these animals. <laughs> and then they will grow up to want to protect them. Um, one of my favorite quotes from Jane Goodall is, and I might not get this quite right, um, but every day we have an impact on this earth. It is our choice to... Um, to make that impact positive or negative. So every day we have an impact. Let's try to be better than we were yesterday. And you're right, Christina, um, using, uh, decreasing your use of single use plastics is a, a really important and easy thing that we can all do. And it really does matter even to rhinos in Africa and Indonesia. Um, and a portion of every single dollar that we make here at the zoo goes to the international rhino foundation. And so by buying an ice cream cone in the summer, by buying something in the gift shop, and especially by becoming a member of Blank Park Zoo, you are helping to save rhinos in the wild. It really can be that easy. We want to be that conduit to the wild, um, and we want to be here as a resource because we know a lot of people care uh, about these amazing animals. Ryan, do you want to add anything to that? Well, yeah, you, you stole my thunder with a, a portion of everything we do here. So <laughs> um, We do other things as well uh, on uh, social media. Uh, we have our One More Rhino campaign, and we will kick that back into gear um, once a new baby rhino is born, and hopefully everything goes well there. Um, and you can participate in that as well. And that just tells about one more baby rhino um, added to the population. And the reason the rhino birth is important clear over here in Iowa is that it's sort of an insurance policy in case all the rhinos go extinct in natural areas that there still be rhinos for future generations. That's exactly right. And I just want to give a personal thank you to you both and your whole team. As I said, I was a zookeeper for a long time. I know it's not an easy job. And um, this is one of your rewards that you guys get to be part of this magical event. And um, I'll tell you what, it's it, it was one of the most rewarding parts of my career, too, when we had Tumani. Um, so we're getting ready to end the show now. Please uh, let us know. Kayla, do you think it's going to be a boy or a girl? I'm thinking a boy this time. We already have a girl, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I just, for some reason, feel like it's going to be a boy, too. But either way, we are just extremely excited to meet this little 80-pound bundle of joy. <laughs> um, so maybe not so little, but I know our entire team has been working very hard, and I know that we're all extremely excited, and we're counting down the days to the potential due date and just kind of waiting for uh, this baby rider to make their appearance. One, one last question, if I can, <laughs> sneak in. Uh, something new coming to the zoo this year, zebras. How are zebras doing? They're doing pretty well. They're yeah. getting a lot more used to the barn, and we're hoping to get them on exhibit here in a few a months. After all the snow melts, Yes, right? after the snow melts. Yeah, so <laughs> when people come to the zoo in the spring and support us and our conservation efforts by, you know, 
donating their time and learning more about our animals and helping us donate money to conservation efforts. They can see that baby rhino. They can see the new zebras. We have a new Watusi uh, exhibit. So we'll have the Watusi, the zebras, ostrich. So it'll be a lot of fun to come out in the spring. And I just want to officially vote that it's going to be a girl. <laughs> All right. So w- w- if I say a girl too, then we have a tie, right? <laughs> so oh, there we go. <laughs> well, I think we're just about out of time for today. And thanks so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun. And uh, it's gonna, it, there's fun to come, but a lot of work too, I think, uh, yes. in the next couple of weeks. And so uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again real soon after the the birth and we'll find out more of what's going on with the rhinos so thanks so much for joining us today and thank you for listening and we hope you visit blank park zoo uh, this year and see the new rhinos and the new zebras and all the other fun things we have here at blank park zoo and if you want to learn more about the zoo head over to blankparkzoo.com we'll see you next time on saving animals with blank park zoo